I realized that this whole mindset around money was also the same mindset around dreams and was also the same mindset around almost anything, right? Putting limits on it. And when you learn how to take the limits off things and just realize that there's an unlimited potential and everything we learned in our mastermind about the quantum and like that resonated so much for me. Yeah. And I really just love that. M Makes Money podcast with me, your host, Emily Wilcox, serial entrepreneur, seven-figure business owner, mindset junkie, creator of the Money Moves Wealth Attraction Program, and a collector of crystals. My mission is to help you attract lasting wealth, ditch the hustle for money culture, and build the life and business of your dreams with an ease and joy you never thought possible. Each week, a new episode will air featuring expert advice, live coaching, and guest interviews where we'll dive into the specifics of how much money we make, which money wounds we've healed, and how we've tapped into our divine feminine energy to attract more money with ease. We all deserve a healthy, empowered relationship with money so we can experience more freedom, pleasure, and joy. So get ready and let's dive in. Okay, quickly before we get started, I promised myself I wouldn't forget to share with you some really important news. I've officially opened the opportunity to work with me via one-on-one private coaching or inside the Rise Mastermind. I know you don't want to let another quarter pass you by where you're not hitting your goals and you're feeling stressed about money. You don't want to have to feel this internal push-pull between where you're at now and this vision you have for your life. So that's why I've officially opened up the opportunity to work with me. Now, there's a limited number of spots, and when they're gone, they're gone. So if you're really, truly serious about ditching those old limiting beliefs, you're tired of having to hustle to grow your business and income, and you're ready to attract more money, joy, and ease from feminine energy, this is for you. If you're tired of being in control all the time and feeling the pressure of your business and your household, then this is for you. If you want to be more relaxed in work and life, but you don't know how without all the balls dropping, then this is for you. Head to Instagram or Facebook and click the link in my bio. Take the action now that your future self will thank you for. All right. Christine, I am so thrilled to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here, Emily. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. And you and I know each other because we were in Amber's Inner Circle Mastermind together last year. So we got to develop a nice, deep, sweet sisterhood. But before we jump in, I want to formally introduce you so that all of our listeners know who they get the pleasure of speaking with today. So Christine Fisk is a leadership and branding coach. She works with entrepreneurs and industry leaders to help them step into their personal power, lead with confidence, and accelerate their business results. She's a former startup marketing executive and high-performance athlete, and her journey has provided her with a wealth of experiences, including starting and growing several businesses, dealing with layoffs and career changes, workplace discrimination, and building brands where individuals are able to fully shine in their unique skills and abilities. 
Christine has been a student of leadership and company culture since her early career, starting with a paper route at age 11. (laughs) And she uses the power of mindset, a blend of feminine and masculine energy, and creating vision as tools to help her clients thrive in their personal and professional leadership and personal brands. Amazing. I'm so excited to dive in deeper with you. Thanks. um, Me too. Yeah. And so what I experienced from our time together in the mastermind was that you were going through kind of a career change last year. Yeah, I was. Yeah, absolutely. So as I was in the mastermind, it became clear to me that I wanted to impact more women, especially, but men and women in their personal power and helping them to understand their personal power and what that meant and help them to realize how much control they had over creating their own destiny in their life. And I combined that with my expertise in branding and marketing to also help men and women really build out a personal brand that really uniquely stands for them and helps support that leadership and helps them to step into that power and helps them to overcome any fears of putting themselves out there and really being true to who they are. So yeah, so that's a transition that I made while I was in the mastermind last year. And it was just incredibly powerful to be surrounded by so many other women who were in their personal power as well, including yourself. Yeah. And I feel like your market was really ready for it too, because as a third party witnessing it, you kind of had the idea, you started speaking about it and it was like, Mm -hmm. boom, boom, boom. Hello, here are clients (laughs) that are ready to work with you. Yeah, it definitely was. And it, it was clear to me when I started to share my message that the clients came and it felt so good to feel like I could have such an immediate impact on folks and to know too, that I could launch this new business that didn't necessarily line up with any formal training that I had had on it, but leveraging and realizing all the experience and expertise that I had built over the years, both through my traditional work and then on the personal work that I've done on myself. Yeah. So at this point, is your business a hundred percent coaching or are you still doing a little bit of the marketing as well? Yes, it's both. So I still have my marketing agency and I'm still working with some clients that I've worked with for many years. I still have new clients that come in and ask for support, although I'm not actively marketing that. And I have seen a decline in those clients coming in unprompted by me. And my coaching business has continued to grow and evolve. And it's, I say that, and it's been a very short time, but it's been incredible to see new clients come on board, to see people that I know ask them to come in and talk to their company, to start dreaming about bigger projects that I want to do and start dreaming of running a coaching business full-time and doing less of the marketing work over time. Yeah. 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 And I want to dig in a little bit more on this um, for a couple of reasons. One, Mm -hmm. because it's very common and I had my own path with this as well, that you can't just flip a switch and say, I was doing A and now I'm doing B. Typically Mm -hmm. there's this blend and where the work that you've been doing helps support the dream and the birth of the new thing. And because we're creating space to transparently talk about money here, we live in a 3D world. And so while we know, and there's a part of us that really believes that our dreams 
can bring home the income. There's the reality of, okay, well, but I need to pay the mortgage this month and next month. And my Mm -hmm. dream business is still just a little baby. So Mm -hmm. let's get transparent. Let's talk about that a little bit and kind of where those percentages are and how you see that transition going. Yeah. So such a great question in particular, Emily, because I'm guiding one of my clients through this right now. You're right. We can't just flip a switch and jump into our dream job usually. And I think most of us are wired to want a certain sense of security. And when we've been accustomed to that for decades, right? Flipping the switch to a job where there's no guaranteed business right away is taking a huge leap. And so for me, initially, it was a transition where it was something that I started to do on the side and started to talk about in addition to my marketing agency. And as I started to talk about it, I saw that there was traction, right? And I felt like it was an authentic part of me coming out that I hadn't really shared that much. So it felt really good that way. And then when I formally announced I was coaching, I just felt a ton of support from my network. And social media is so great, right? Because we can easily let a lot of people know that we're starting something new and usually garner that type of support too. So that's wonderful. And as I started to dive into the coaching more, I was able to talk with more and more people about it. And the clients started to come on board, which was great. What I loved about the transition though, was that I got to share a part of me that I haven't really shared very publicly before, which includes my stories, more of the inner work that I've done, a lot of the reading and attention on leading with heart and mindset work that has been really important to me that I think we talk a lot about leadership in a traditional form in the corporate world. And I came from a segment of the corporate world. I worked mostly in startups. I also worked at some agencies with some very big Fortune 100 companies. People don't talk about leading with heart openly, yet when you start to talk about that with people one-on-one, it very much resonates for folks. So being able to share things that in my corporate world or even in my marketing business that felt a little bit uncomfortable because I wasn't sure how they'd be received became a really exciting thing for me because it's how I feel truly deep inside. So I started to share that and I saw some traction and I felt like my brand was coming out and really it's an extension of who I am. So that's been really fun. And so then the question came up, well, does this align and is it confusing to have two businesses? And really, I think that when you're very authentic in all of your businesses, there's usually a connection or a thread between all of them, right? And it made sense why I was doing what I'm doing. And now that I'm out front coaching more, I'm able to share not just the leadership and mindset expertise that I do with some clients. I help a lot of clients through transitions. I also can help them brand themselves, which is a bridge to my other marketing business as well. So yeah, they still, they both are living today and... I find them to be connected and I'm not going out and drumming up as much new business for my existing company. I'm fortunate to have clients that I've had for several years that are on board. Yeah. And I'm just looking forward to branching out into more of the coaching world though. Yeah. I can relate to that so much because running an Amazon sales agency, um, 
typically I was just showing up on social media as a mom. So I was using Facebook to share pictures of my kids with our relatives that live out of state. And I was using LinkedIn to just talk about growing Amazon businesses. And so I I had a lot of inner resistance around, well, how am I going to talk about the inner work? How am I going to talk about money mindset? How does it all make sense? And as you say, it's like when you're just being authentic and you're just being you and owning the fact that we're like multidimensional beings, Mm. it's like, it does, it just works. It does. And there is strategy, I think, if you choose to use it, Mm -hmm. but the greatest strategy is just talking about things that you truly want to talk about and trusting that it will land with the right people. So true. Yeah. And so for me and starting to talk about money more, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, so much (laughs) of my own fear and resistance. And even in starting this podcast, I was like, am I really going to ask people how much they make? Because there's such a taboo around that. And in the mastermind that we were in together, my experience compared to some other more male dominated masterminds is that we didn't really talk about money. So Mm. I'm curious, Mm. what's changed for you that you were in a very intimate mastermind with lots of trust Mm -hmm. and weren't really talking about money there. Mm -hmm. And now you're here where we're going to talk more openly about Mm. money. Has something Mm. changed for you? Yeah, for sure. It's interesting because you're right. We didn't talk a lot about money. We didn't really talk hardly at all about it. And yet we danced around the topic a lot with things. I mean, I can remember meeting you and asking you about the other mastermind you were in. And I was just so curious to learn. And I can also remember actually talking about like life decisions. I think you had, you and another one of our sisters were talking about selling your house and renting. Mm -hmm. And that was something that was, I was interested in just knowing about because where my friends are here and where I live and the people that I know, I don't know hardly anyone that rents versus buys. And so, and of course, like I have a sense of what the pros and cons are for each. And I remember asking those questions, yet we never really dug into money and we always kind of danced around the topic. So it was interesting. Where I got interested in money was as I thought about growing my business last year and I knew I was taking, so we start this mastermind together. I jumped in, in, in the weekend before COVID hit. So we were on retreat together. That's when we met the next weekend, the world shuts down and the economy starts to change. And then a couple months later, I just decided to launch this coaching business and my marketing work did decline around that time. And I started getting more curious about money mindset because it came up, I think, in our mastermind as something people were working on, even though we didn't talk about it, because I wanted to start this business and go into it with a different belief than I had with other businesses that I started. Yeah. I wanted to understand the power of that money mindset, right? And I wanted to think about things in a new paradigm from, I'm sure we'll talk more about the way that I've always thought about money. And so I started studying it. I started reading books and I started listening to podcasts and just surrounding myself with experts who I absorbed from because I had a sense that my mindset was outdated and probably I had a lot of limiting beliefs around money. 
Yeah. So I completely resonate with that. And I think when we dance around money, it actually hinders our healing Hmm. because those limiting beliefs and those money wounds stay hidden. Mm -hmm. It's like, there is a part of us, look, you don't join a $20,000 a year mastermind and not want to make more money. Mm -hmm. However, (laughs) it's like this hidden desire and we're, we're okay talking about getting more clients or having more calls or feeling more embodied or sales feeling easier, but we still limit ourselves in talking about the actual numbers Mm-hmm. because we're making them mean something. So talk yes. to me a little bit of more about that. What were some of the limiting beliefs around money that you uncovered? Yeah. So that was a huge investment for me as it probably was for most of us to join that mastermind. I hadn't done anything like that before. And I had had a very prosperous year the year before in my business, which I felt set me up that with the combination of having an awakening that I needed to invest in myself. If I wanted to really grow my businesses, set me up to make that investment in myself. Yeah. So let me stop you there for just a second. Tell me what was the prosperous year? Oh, so in my business the year before I had hit a quarter of a million dollars in revenue in my business. Yeah. And I had gone to a seminar that summer that felt like a big investment. And looking back in retrospect, it really wasn't where I uncovered, really started to uncover my limiting beliefs around money. And it hit me like, (laughs) it hit me hard. I was at a four day conference and one day we, I think it was the first or second day we talked, start to talk about limiting beliefs. Now, limiting beliefs was a new concept for me at this time too. And when I realized that I had these limiting beliefs around money, that money from my childhood, that I was limiting what I could make, it really like struck a chord with me. Yeah, I realized that I had taken in this information as a child that having too much money would make me maybe not a real nice person Mm. and that people who had a lot of money fit a certain stereotype Mm -hmm. because that's what I had heard. Yeah. And then I realized that I had this limiting belief that I wouldn't be loved the same by the people that are closest to me if I made a lot of money. Mm. And I had always been the breadwinner in my marriage as well. And I think there was a, I felt a gap. I can't make too much more money than my partner. Mm. So I think there was something there too. The bigger one though, was what type of person would I be if I made a lot of money? And I will say like surrounding myself with people who were making a lot of money in a different way was really important to my money mindset growth as well. So being part of that mastermind, just to be surrounded by people who are making money without getting venture backed funding. So Mm. because I had grown up in startups in my career, the way that I thought real startups were, was (laughs) they were venture backed companies and they were people that gave up everything to start that type of company. And I wanted a life where I had a lot of abundance of a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And so I always had something that like a gut hit that I didn't want to venture back to company of my own. Yeah. So I surrounded myself with other people that were doing things a different way and more service oriented businesses. So that's when I really woke up to all that. Yeah. And it is such a gut punch when you realize that you've spent the last 
five, 10, 15 years of your career thinking that your growth was limited by the performance of your Facebook ads or needing a bigger network or a strategy that you didn't know about. When you find out it's you, (laughs) it's like both the most excruciating and liberating thing at the same time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It was very liberating and it made me feel limitless and it made me feel free. Like you said, liberated. Right. And at the same time, like, wow, I've been thinking this way my entire life. I mean, I prided myself on the fact that I was really good at saving money. So going back to that paper route that you mentioned in the intro, yeah. um, I couldn't wait to make money. I couldn't wait to have a job. And I really looked up to my dad who was a businessman and sometimes worked out of our house. And so we had an office at home and I just looked up to him and and my mom didn't work so much when I was young. She started working later on and I had these aspirations of being very successful. And so as soon as I could get that job, as soon as I turned 11, I got the paper route in my new neighborhood. We had just moved to a new development. So there was no existing person. And I called up the paper and I said, could I get the paper route? And I did. And I had it for a couple of years. So on my routine at age 11 was on Saturday mornings, I would deliver the newspapers. My dad would drive me to the Hartford Current's office. I would pick up my paycheck and we'd go right to the bank and I'd deposit it into my savings account. Mm. It was drilled into me to save that money. Mm-hmm. And even when I, I remember even around the holidays when I was getting my tips, 80% of that money would also go into the bank. So I was a very proud saver <laughs> and I loved efficiency. So I loved the idea of finding a deal. Yeah. And that was also very drilled into me. All of that to say, it feels like a very big shift to start making big investments in myself. Yeah. Yeah. So you uncovered all of these limiting beliefs. Like I'm not going to be loved the same if I'm too rich. There might be a problem in my marriage if I make way too much money. All Mm -hmm. of these things that are so scary, right? If Mm -hmm. that's what money means, that Mm -hmm. I'm going to be a bad person, that I'm not going to be loved the same by the people I care about. And it might jeopardize my marriage and my family. Mm -hmm. Talk about resistance. So your logical (laughs) mind is saying, I see successful people around me. I've had a $250,000 a year, which is amazing. And I know I have more potential. Mm -hmm. Yet your inner child is like, no, 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 no. (laughs) We're not going to go too fast. We're not going to make too much here. So what were some of the tools that you used to start to reconcile that? Mm, Yeah, good question. So I started to... I think the recognition, I think to start with just like the first step is always awareness. Yes. The awareness of what was holding me back. And of course it never fully goes away. It's continuing to reconcile with that. It comes up all the time. Right. So being aware of where that's coming up for me, I obviously know why. And I dug into that when I first figured it out. So noticing it now, and then being able to step back and look at the big picture of things, because sometimes I tend to get myopic and I get mired in the details of, oh gosh, but I just had to borrow money from this account to pay off this account, which is like, I just had that happen this past weekend even. So being able to like pull back, actually my partner is a really great 
match for me in that he's naturally, I think, got more feminine energy around money than I do. He has a lot of trust mm-hmm. that things will always work out. And I will tell you, just as this is really interesting, it used to drive me nuts sometimes because oh. I would say, what do Can you we mean? start a club about this? Because <laughs> <laughs> I relate to this so hardcore. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. Well, we'll have to talk more. But I think I was always like, well, no, we have to have a plan. We have to have a spreadsheet and multiple spreadsheets. And how are we going to make this happen? Yeah. And he's always had this trust, which like, thank goodness for. And last night we were walking and I was just saying like, thank you. I'm so grateful for it now, especially now. Thank you so much for bringing me back to the place where I know I want to be too. And now I've learned to trust myself and listen to my intuition and my feminine energy around it. But man, did I have so much masculine energy around work and money and yeah. and not to say that I still do. I think I'm naturally inclined that way more. It doesn't mean that I can't change and I've learned to change. So one of the other things I learned to do was to journal about it and yeah. to have a money mantra and to learn to welcome and invite money into my life and not to see it as a scarce resource. So that whole like saving mentality, sure, it's good to save some money, but to be obsessive about it wasn't healthy for me. Yeah. I was clinging, right? And I was clinging and I wasn't letting it flow freely. And so learning that, learning to what other people have to say about it. And actually like listening to one of the books that I studied, I took in as an audio book and that was super helpful. It was Jen Sincero's You Are a Badass About Money mm-hmm. because I could hear I could hear someone talking about their personal experience. And I really loved that. It made it so real and so tangible for me. Just like you said in the beginning that we don't talk about it. And once we start to talk about it, like it liberates us. Yeah. So I felt like I was having this coach, cheerleader, sister in my ear. I listened to it twice talking about money and having a different type of relationship about money. And like so many things, it's a bit counterculture, if you will, because so many people don't talk about it. Yeah. So it's not something that everyone you meet, you can have a conversation with that will understand it. So sometimes it could feel a bit lonely too, maybe. And I really crave connection, even though sometimes I have introvert tendencies, I love to feel a connection with people. And so that helped me to feel a connection with someone yeah. who was having a different type of relationship with money. And I think I knew that to a degree, a lot of people in our mastermind did too. But again, we didn't really talk about it real openly. So that helped me a lot as well. And then starting to dream bigger and to realize there are different ways to think about money. I mean, that's a huge thing for me. I'll tell you, we purchased a property, a fixer upper on at the beach here near Boston in Cape Cod. And for me, that was a really big moment too. I thought that was 10 years in my future. And that was a dream realized like pretty quickly around the same time that I launched my coaching business actually. And so that was a really interesting year for me from November last 2019 to November last year or so, because we were working on the fixing up this house. And every time we would drive down there, we would pass this big sign for a housing community that was en route. And it the sign just said, dream bigger. And mm. I love that. Like, I just love that. And I realized that this whole mindset around money was also the same mindset around dreams and was also the same mindset around almost anything, right? Putting limits on it. And when you learn how to take the limits off things and 
just realize that there's an unlimited potential and everything we learned in our mastermind about the quantum and like that resonated so much for me. Yeah. And I really just love that. And so I bring myself back to those moments when I need a reminder and I go back to my journaling and, and back to people I can talk to more openly about this. And those things really help me quite a bit. Yeah. I love that so much. And it was fun to be a witness to it as well, because it seemed like the moment that you allowed it to be a possibility, it was there. Like the house was there. Yeah. You were just holding it 10 years away. And as soon as you removed that limiting belief, it was like, oh, here it is for you. And I remember you had a story of getting insurance money for a shed that wasn't even damaged. Like there are so many fun ways that money can flow to us. Yes. As soon as we stop resisting them. It's amazing. It's so incredible. My husband and I were talking about this again last night. Yeah. I mean, we had a tree fall on a shed and it scathed the shed. The shed is fine. There's minor cosmetic damage and we got a several thousand dollar check in the mail. And when I said, I think I like this shed even better to the insurance company, they said, Oh, okay. And they send me 2000 more. Um, (laughs) it was, it's just amazing. If we ask and see the possibility that same week money came in to my life every day, Monday through Friday in an unexpected way. Isn't that crazy? I mean, it sounds like made up, but it's so real. And so that was the universe's way of like drilling it home to me that yes, this can be real and this can happen. And just happened again with our taxes. I haven't gotten a tax refund so big and wasn't expecting one Mm. as we are receiving this year for last year. And it just continues to happen. It seems like when the money is needed, it comes, which again is still, I'm learning every time it happens. (laughs) Yeah. When I go to that somewhat dark place beforehand where I'm concerned about it. So yeah, it's it's such a lesson in letting go and trusting. Yeah. Going from control to trust, right? Going from that wounded masculine of, but how, how is it going to come and where does it fit on my spreadsheet and what does it make the total in the bank account? Yeah. To trusting money grows through circulation. It can go. I can trust that it can leave the account and I can trust that it's going to come back and it's going to come back at the right amount. It's going to come back with in surplus. Yeah. So that's a daily practice for me as well. I feel like I'm a recovering money hoarder. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And money controller, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, how I, interesting that, like, I think this, there are very few job titles that have the word control in them, but we have financial controllers. Yeah. Right. And air Someone's traffic controllers. That's like all I can think of. I'm sure there are some <laughs> more, but what, how interesting that it's actually so accepted to need control of your money that there's actually a job title for it. So true. So true. And it's also really interesting to me that it's, it's a real life skill to learn, to have to manage money. It's such a real thing. And yet we don't ever formally learn that the way that we come to learn that is usually fairly haphazard for most of us. And so 
and we've got these mindsets drilled into us from whatever we've learned around us, not necessarily drilled in maybe, but for me it was, and it's just, it's a product of what I learned growing up and all these subliminal messages and not so subliminal messages about what money was and how to handle it. And so it really shapes how you grow up thinking about money. And one of the best things I ever did that, again, I was really, I have this like thing about pride in money too, which I've really woken up to when I lived in Seattle after college for a couple of years. And when I came back to Boston, I had a, like a gut hit that I wanted to buy something and I didn't have the money for the down payment. And I went to my mom and I asked her if I could borrow some money and I fully intended to pay it back. And I did. And I bought a condo at age 25 and it was a really great decision. I sold it five years later and almost doubled the profit. And I held on to that pride of really having a, a good sense about real estate. And I also didn't trust that later on, right? Like now I'm investing in real estate. Now I'm investing, planning to buy another fixer upper and fix it up and just sell it. But I went away from that for a while. Yeah. 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 And so I think too, like there's all kinds of thoughts around debt versus not having debt. And I, I was so afraid to have any debt aside from a mortgage as well. And so now I've realized, well, when you have money, you can use it as leverage and there's so much to learn. It feels like there's endless ways to handle and manage money and to think about money. And we really have so much more power. I feel like the most powerful thing is when you, you have a great money mindset more than how much money you have or how you've chosen to invest it. At the end of the day, your mindset feels more powerful than any of that. Yeah, I completely agree because things can change so fast, right? Uh Uh-huh, absolutely. (laughs) So how much are you currently making in your businesses? Yeah, so I watch it. I don't watch it super closely. I know what I need to make I, to feel comfortable every month. And I and when I like I said with COVID, the marketing businesses took a bit of a hit and I didn't scramble to recoup that money or I didn't go out and actively look for a lot of new clients and because right. I really wanted to focus again I wanted to invest my time in building up my coaching business right. and also in be present for my children and the way that things were last year with them in and out of school I have three yeah. kids they're all at different schools they all had different needs and so I really tried to let go and trust, yeah. trust, trust myself. And then coming into this year and having my coaching business and having that be sustained at the same level, all around about way to say, like at this point, I'm on target right now to probably make about the same amount of money as I shared with you before. Yeah. Although my goal is to double that. Yeah. So I'm hoping to put some measures in place and systems in place and new programs to try to double that. And I'm also aware that being new to coaching and having a lot of ideas around it, there are, there's going to be a, there's a test period for some of that too. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And so I think you bring up something good, which is there's a couple things. Number one, when you're an entrepreneur, it can actually be pretty hard to answer the question, how much do you make? Not because of lack of transparency, but just because I've had a mortgage broker ask me that question. And I'm like, uh, well, let me do some math because we run this through the business. We do that. We, it, things get complicated They do in, for in sure. a strategic way, but it makes it much more difficult than when you work a salary to say, yes, here's how much I make. Right. But then also 
again, like we make meaning out of this. So mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a part of you that felt like you had to explain why you're making the same amount that you were making a year or two ago. And that's okay to, yeah. to explain it. Right. Because more isn't always better. Right. No, like if no. I can make the same amount of money and work half as much and be like insanely happy. Yeah. Wonderful. Right. Right. No, there is. I totally caught myself right there listening to myself. I definitely have some reconciling, I think, with what I'm expecting of myself and where I am right now. And I'm probably a bit under at the moment. I'm probably a little bit under bringing in that same type of revenue that I brought in last year and the year before. Why do I feel the need to explain it? Because I'm not 100% comfortable with it, obviously, like with, with where I'm at and what's going on. Well, and I think this is a good exercise for anyone listening too, right? Can you just say, I make blank and let that stand? Yeah. I make $200,000 a year. I'm making right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it goes back to what you were saying before about, I also don't want to necessarily own that maybe because I want to own something bigger than that. Right. Yeah. So toggling between how do I talk about it with myself? Yeah. Yes. And often what you're experiencing, what I experience is wanting to shrink down and expand simultaneously. Mm. So wanting to both explain why the number isn't bigger than it is but also in a way shrink it down because there's still that child inside of us that's afraid that that number is going to be too big for some people Mm. and that they may judge us or reject us or not love us the same Mm -hmm. because of that number. And it's like, wow, as long as we're trying to shrink and expand at the same time, it sounds really uncomfortable. Oh, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Any of us who have experienced it can say it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Such an interesting thing that we just feel like we're all living under rocks or so many of us live under rocks in this regard and we, cause we don't share it. And it's like, I want to pop up. I want to push the rock up and I want to talk about it. Yeah. And yet I'm still a little scared. I still kind of want to hide under the shell or hide under, hide down here and or being a turtle and poking out and looking right. around are, are other people like, are, can we talk about this? Are there people that are safe to talk about this with? Right. I mean, I, I think women, especially clients of mine that are wanting to make more money, I talk to them about, can you find other people to talk to? Are there others you can get a sense for what they're making if there's no other indicators at their job so that they can have a sense of what's a fair salary, for example, yeah, or or what the possibilities are? What does the market yield for your type of job, right? And with an entrepreneurial job, the sky's the limit. But you bring up a good point because you work with so many clients that are in corporate America. Mm -hmm. And I really believe that the taboo topic of talking about money and talking about salaries, that culture is maintained in corporate America because it only benefits one person and that's the company. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When employees understand what other people make, it really is expansive and it helps them Mm -hmm. understand maybe where they're not getting top of market or they're not absolutely properly compensated. And so this mystery and shroud and secrecy and taboo around money 
is holding people back and oh, yeah. women are, it's like doubly affected. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I actually have a great example of that. I was consulting for a client and working with two other folks that I had worked at another company previously with. I brought, I brought one of them in. The three of us were consulting for this client and he invited us all to come form a startup. And he told us what our salaries would be. And the three of us then talked openly about these salaries and realized that we all would be making the same salary, which sounded fair at first. And then the two guys that I was working with told me that this person, this client boss who would become our boss, told the two of them that they would get an extra stipend of $1,500 more per month for their health insurance because they had to take care of their families. Mm. So you can imagine how I reacted to that, yeah. <laughs> especially having gone through some other situations in my past life, my corporate life, where being a woman felt like a grounds for a company to discriminate. So I brought it up with the employer. So yes, it does happen. And the more we can talk openly about it, the more expansive we can be. And I think there is a road for companies to take there too. I think that there's a way for them to lean into the transparency and benefit from it as well. I think things have become so much transparent in general over the last 20 years that there's just so much gained. Yeah, I completely agree. So I want to go back to something that you said before, which was Mm -hmm. that you want to double your income and that you have like systems and a plan in place to do that. That feels very masculine energy to me, Mm. which we need the divine masculine. So I'm not anti-systems and plans, but what I want to ask is where are you allowing the divine feminine into that Yes, such a good question. And I and and I think when you ask me that question, I go to my safe place, which is the masculine. And I think that's why that came up. And I think when I think about that number and I think about that number just continuing to expand year after year, right? Yeah. There's actually a large element of the divine feminine in it for me that I haven't necessarily shared very outwardly. I mean, I do, but not in relation to I haven't outwardly talked about my income or my salary. So the reason why I can come up with that number is largely because I have leaned into the divine feminine more and because I trust that that's there for me. And that if I want it, that it's the reason why I want it is because it's possible. Yeah. And because it's happening. So yeah, that's been big. That's been really big for me. Yes. Well, I know that everyone listening is going to want to follow along on this journey, <laughs> right? Yeah. As your yeah. grows and, and as you're hopefully inspired to talk more openly about the growth and the ways that the divine feminine is playing into it, right? This magic and miraculous money that comes to us in the most surprising and delightful ways. So if people want to follow along, what's the best way for them to reach out to you or follow you? Yeah. So I'm most often on Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, You can find me on LinkedIn as Christine Fisk, where I'm trying to bring more of the feminine into my posts and my world there. um, And what's more, definitely a a more masculine social platform. So that's kind of fun. And then I'm on Instagram at the Christine Fisk. Excellent. Yeah. And I also am online at christinefisk.com, my coaching site. Beautiful. Well, Christine, thank you so much for adding your voice to this conversation today and for being brave enough to radically and honestly talk about money. 
I so appreciate it. And I know that it's going to help everyone listening. So thank you again. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. And thanks for allowing me to test my bravery here. (laughs) Yes. so much for listening to today's show. Changing the way we think, feel, and talk about money will change the world. I truly believe that. It starts with you tuning in and it spreads when you share this show on Instagram and Facebook and tag me at M makes money. And you know what moves the needle the most? Taking just a minute to leave a five-star review on iTunes. This show isn't free to produce, so let's multiply those dollars invested to help this show reach a bigger audience each week. So thank you for your help. I really appreciate it. Until next time, I'm wishing you health, happiness, and boatloads of money.